When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, November 13th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the Guardians introduced Stephen Vogt as their 45th manager on Friday. We got a chance to be at the press conference with him, uh, be around him afterwards, ask him some questions, uh, meet his family, talk to, to everybody involved. Uh, just a, a, a great day, uh, you know, a, a lot of positive energy in the room with Stephen Vogt, as is usually the case. Uh, what did you take away from uh, the introductory press conference and the, the first chance to, to meet Stephen Vogt as uh, the manager of the Guardians? Yeah, Joe, from, you know, what the stories we've been writing about him, you know, talking to different people, uh, you know, about him and what his personality was like and, uh, you know, just how he connected with people. Uh, you know, he, he kind of lived up to that. Uh, Stephen was, he said all the right things. He was enthusiastic. He seemed, he was ready. It looked like he was ready to jump in the dugout, uh, you know, right now almost. So, uh, but yeah, he was, he was impressive. And he's like, you know, he said, the, you know, he, he gave all the right answers. You could see why uh, the Guardians uh, were attracted to him. Uh, and, you know, kind of answered all those questions, you know, about not being not having managed about, you know, really only coaching one year. He kind of, you know, he kind of defended himself and did a good job, I thought. Yeah. Was there anything that, that stood out as a as a surprise about the process or about uh, what, what he expects to happen, uh, you know, moving forward in, in terms of uh, his uh, his contact with the players and, and you know, his just the way that uh, he's going to run things? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, it, it, it sounded like what he found out Friday, last Friday that he, that he got the job. Um, and, uh, you know, he started, you know, he met with the, he's already had lunch with Shane Bieber. He's been, he's called seven or eight different guys. You know, that's what usually, you know, the first, uh, you know, first order of business for the new manager. That's, you know, get, you know, call as many players as you can. Um, and, uh, you know, get, you know, just kind of, you'll introduce yourself and, uh, tell you kind of, you know, just, it's probably just introduce yourself and, uh, see, see where they're at, you know, and so that, that made sense. I thought, um, you know, he, he talked about they, they've got obviously got to fill out the coaching staff and he talked about that, but I, I just got, I just liked the, uh, the enthusiasm he, he gave. And, uh, you know, you know, somebody asked him about, you know, replacing Terry Francona, who, you know, you know, could be a Hall of Fame manager and had, you know, the one the best run in Cleveland managerial history here. And, you know, he said, you know, he can't fill Tito's shoes. I thought he answered that great. He goes, you know, the guy's a legend. So, you know, I'm I'm just moving on. I can't you can't do it. So, you know, you can't really compare. I can't compare myself to him. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it would be fair for any of us uh, to compare uh, Tito and and Stephen Vogt. But I thought it was interesting uh, to know that he admitted he and Tito would talk. He's he's talked on the phone uh, with him, and and Tito said they didn't, or and uh, and and Vogt said that they didn't even talk baseball or strategy or anything like that. They talked about the people here in Cleveland, and and that's what Tito wanted to tell him about was you know hey hey look out for this guy or you know I'm sure he. He, uh, he he said, uh, you know, the the clubby, uh, the, the guys in the clubhouse, uh, you know, Tony Amato, uh, Scotty, you know, those guys, uh, you know, about the relationships that you build with with the people behind the scenes. Maybe you don't see in front of the camera all the time uh, and, and how important that is and how important those people that we know were to Tito when he's he was here. Uh, so I, I'm sure that those conversations all happened and. Uh, you know, for a vote to admit, hey, yeah, I, I, I called out, I reached out to, to Tito and we talked. Um, that's a, you know, that's significant too to, to know that, you know, it's not like Tito's going to be sitting in, in Phoenix, uh, or, you know, uh, pulling strings or, or, you know, making moves or anything like that. It's, 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 it's now it's votes team, and you know he gets, he's going to get his advice from, from the people who know, and, and that's a, a good thing. Uh, you mentioned the coaching staff, and there there was a, a significant announcement uh, on Friday morning. We we weren't expecting, but Craig Albernez, uh, who was the bullpen coach in San Francisco under Gabe Kapler, and who interviewed uh, for the Guardians managerial position, uh, he came in. He, he interviewed. He was part of that process. Uh, apparently, there was a connection there between uh, the front office, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, uh, and Albernez. They recognized that you know. Uh, he, he's a, a good, strong candidate, maybe not for the managerial position, but for a position within the organization. And, and Albert has told us, you know, he said after he hung up the phone with with Antonetti, uh, after he was told that he was not going to get the manager's job, uh, he turned to his wife and he said, you know, hey, that's where I want to be. That's the next step in my, my process. I want to be in Cleveland. That's where I want to cut my teeth, is what he said. Uh, and it turns out the Guardians made him the uh, the man, uh, the major league uh, field coordinator, uh, a position that they created new. Uh, he's not going to be the bench coach. He's not going to be uh, a, an infield coach or a bullpen coach. He's, he's sort of going to float between the major league coaching staff and the front office and all different areas, uh, helping the players. Uh, but they liked Albernez so much that they kept him on. And it, it you know you find out that Albernez and and Stephen Vote were, were teammates. Uh, early in their careers in in uh, the race system, yeah, they were both catchers coming up uh, in the uh, in the Tampa Bay system. Uh, you know, uh, Albernez was a, a pretty a pretty sure a free agent, just a non drafted free agent, and uh, you know, uh, uh, the voter uh, vote was a. Uh, he was drafted in 2007 in the 12th round. So, you know, they both came up together and uh, I think that's a connection too. So I'm, I'm sure that's, uh, you know, that'll help uh, vote, you know, kind of break in with the new staff. He's got a guy there that he can talk to when he needs to. So, uh, you know, that's important. Yeah. It sounded like the, the two of them have a, a really good close relationship. I, I could see maybe somewhere down the line, maybe a year or two into it that, uh, you know, maybe Albernez becomes his bench coach if that's, uh, you know, not something that uh, they bring somebody else in for. So uh, it all depends on on what DeMarlo Hale wants to do. Uh, Chris Antonetti saying that, uh, you know, DeMarlo was still deciding whether he was going to come back or not. 
so that right now it stands that they have three openings, I believe, a uh, third base and infield coach, uh, a bullpen coach, and the major league replay coordinator uh, position was uh, filled by Mike Barnett, uh, who was a longtime uh, Terry Francona friend and uh, co- collaborator there. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just interesting to see uh, how the the coaching staff will come together. Uh, we know that there will be a lot of continuity in terms of uh, the pitching uh, coach, Carl Willis, will be back. And uh, we're pretty sure uh, Chris Vileka, the, uh, the the hitting uh, coach, will be back. So, uh, like, the major pillars of the, the coaching staff will still be there to support, vote, uh, guys that, that have a lot of that institutional knowledge uh, from the last couple of seasons. Uh, it's just there, there there are some gaps that, that are going to be need to be filled, and and Vote's going to be able to to at least be part of that process as well. Yeah, Joe, and I, I, I would think the most important one, the, the one they want to fill first or get the right guy at least is uh, the bench coach because, you know, you need kind of a veteran guy, veteran hand, you know, kind of standing next to Vote in, in the dugout to, uh, you know, give him some advice now and then and always have, you know, kind of an idea in your back pocket in a, in a tight situation. That's what bench coaches do. Yeah, and and also they run uh, spring training. That's a a big thing that a big part of Demarlo Hale's uh, you know uh, value to Tito into the organization over the last couple of years uh, has been just the the coordinating of um, uh, spring training and you know where everybody's supposed to be and on what fields and when the drills are being run and and, and all that. Uh, that would be a, a reason I think in my mind to 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 maybe bring Hale back would be uh, just his ability there to. Uh, you know, figure out, uh, you know, the, the plan. He's it's, it's almost like he's got the four. He's, he's got the recipe for uh, 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 spring training. And, uh, you, you know, you want to pass that down and make sure whoever you're handing that off to, you know, knows what they're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you don't wind up with uh, Jose Ramirez lost on a backfield at some point uh, <laughs> at the uh, at the end of February. That would be a, a bad scenario. But, uh, you know, the coaching staff will get sorted out. We'll, we'll have some clarity on that uh, here within the next couple of weeks. And then and then they can focus their energy on getting ready for, um, you know, the, the, the start of spring training. Uh, they've got a little time to work on that. And then, you know, before you know it, it's going to be showtime and, and, and vote and everybody are going to be out there in good year getting ready for, uh, you know, the, the start of the, uh, the, the preseason there. Uh, so, you know, just keep an eye on uh, when the announcements are being made. Uh, one of the ways you can do that is by signing up for Subtext, uh, our subscription text service. It's $3.99 a month, uh, cleveland.com slash subtext, or send a message to uh, the Guardian, our, our Guardian Subtext at uh, 216-208-4346. Uh, Hoinsey and myself, uh, we, uh, we answer as many uh, of your questions as we can. It's a great way to interact with uh, the Guardians fans in the offseason. Uh, a lot of uh, hot stove rumors and, uh, you know, speculation on free agents. Uh, it's a great way to stay in touch with us. Cleveland.com slash subtext uh, to sign up for Guardians subtext. Hoinsey, uh Friday night, the Guardians uh, got some, some more good news uh, this offseason. Andres Jimenez got more good news. He was named the top defensive player in the American League, uh, this was the second time a Cleveland player has won the Platinum Glove. Uh, it was announced at the 
uh, Rawlings Gold Glove uh, Awards uh, presentation in New York Friday night, where all of the Gold Glove players were were there to to receive their their gear and their trophies and their awards. And Jimenez uh, named the best defensive player in the American League, uh, a fitting honor for for Jimenez, who who just had a tremendous season in the field. Yeah, just, uh, you know, great honor for him, Joe. He wins the gold glove, then he wins the platinum glove. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, you know, he's really had, if you look at his first two full two seasons in Cleveland, he's had a, he's had a great ride. You know, two years ago, he was an all-star. He was, uh, you know, just had an outstanding offensive year. We got to see him uh, settle in at second base this past season. You know, so-so offensively. He kind of saved his season in it with a strong September. But, Joe, he just took off defensively. I mean, he, he just made plays that no one else can make and just a joy to watch. Yeah, he, he basically swept every major defensive award uh, this postseason. Uh, he also won the Fielding Bible Award for the second straight year. Uh, so two straight gold gloves, a platinum glove. You, you can't really say more about uh, his his defense than, than than has already been said. Uh, just looking forward, you know, how does he get better? How does how does he he improve and maintain his value uh, to this club? And I, I think it's just you know staying consistent at the plate because you know every other aspect of his game is is pretty solid right now. Yeah, Joe, what did he tell us in, in Detroit before the season ended, that he, he works on his f- uh, footwork during the offseason by, by dancing to salsa, to, to salsa music? So yeah, I guess salsa he better... dancing with his wife, that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, so I bet he better, he better d- double those sessions, I guess, if he wants, because he can't get much better, Joe. And, you know, the, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, I don't think they dare move him now off second yeah. base, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they even consider that now, moving him to shortstop. Because, you know, I mean, he's entrenched now. I mean, it, it would be, you know, it would, you know, he's just, uh, he's like uh, defensively the best defensive shortstop in the league. So, I mean, uh, the second baseman. So do you, do you really take a chance and move that, move a guy like that? Yeah, two reasons why you wouldn't is because he's so good defensively there at second base, but also because you do have other options at shortstop. You've got other guys in the organization that, that can play shortstop. So let them play there. I, I know it's it's a valuable position uh, in, in terms of uh, you know defense, but if if you've got guys that can are capable of playing there, Brian Rocchio is capable of playing there. Gabriel Arias we've seen is capable of playing there defensively. It's just what does he give you at the plate? Uh, I think you, you've got plenty of options there, uh, and you don't have to worry about um, Jimenez. Uh, if you if you don't have to think about making a change at second base, then you're not going to. Uh, I think you see him stay there. Uh, another uh, award. And now that we're in fully into award season with the World Series behind us, uh, the uh, BBWAA awards uh, start uh, tonight. Uh, every night this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, there's a different award being announced. Uh, tonight is uh, Rookie of the Year, and it's the only one where the Guardians have a candidate who's uh, a finalist. Uh, Tanner Bybee, a finalist for American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, it doesn't look like he's a favorite to, to maybe necessarily win that. I think Gunnar Henderson uh, uh, and Tristan Casas are both uh, maybe a little bit ahead of him uh, in, in sort of the, the public estimation. Uh, what do you think uh, Bybee's chances are of finishing 
if not first, then second, and and earning a, a full year of service time uh, for uh, you know his uh, his efforts there uh, this past season. Yeah, Joe, I think he's got a shot. I mean, uh, you know, if he doesn't win it, you know, it's 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 not the end of the world. I mean, uh, you know, if he, he finishes second, fin- you know, just making that final three is a big thing. And, uh, you know, maybe Gunner, Gunner Henderson, uh, you know, probably is the favorite, I would think. He got a lot of play. The Orioles were great this year. You know, kind of, you know they had a 100-win season. They make the postseason. So, you know, that's got to, you know, play into uh, – you know, his, his the, the number of votes he gets, I would think. Uh, but Bybee, geez, he just had a great year. Um, and he, I think he got a full year anyways, Joe, don't you think? I think he got a, enough service time. He came up at the end of April. So he's he's got to have at least a year service time or, a, you know, 172 days. But uh, but I think this will do – I think this – you know, he he should come out, you know, whatever he finishes. I think he's got a chance to finish second probably. Yeah, I, I would expect, you know, the I, it, it would be uh, sort of expected to see him finish second if he finishes third. Still, there's no uh, there's no shame in that because, uh, you know, being a, a finalist there is is a pretty outstanding effort. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen a, a starting pitcher uh, named, uh, you know, the rookie of the year since uh, since what uh, Michael Fulmer uh, in the American League. And, and that was, uh, you know, quite a while ago, uh, quite a while ago. So. Uh, you know, Bybee, uh, again, just uh, to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The, the season he had really sort of rescued that rotation and, and sort of kicked down the door for this this next wave of uh, young starting pitching talent in Cleveland. Uh, regardless of how he finishes in the, the Rookie of the Year voting, uh, he was certainly uh, one of the one of the most important players on the field for uh, for the Guardians uh, this past season. Uh, looking ahead here uh, to uh, you know the rest of the week, uh, I, I, I who do you think uh, it just if you're handicapping, if you're uh, just looking at the uh, Manager of the Year finalists, Bruce Bochy of the Rangers, Kevin Cash of the Rays, and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, I think all three are, are strong candidates there. Uh, I, I would probably say, uh, you know, Bochi and the, the job he did handling, a, a, a big, uh, you know, a big payroll staff, a, a roster with uh, a lot of expectations. Uh, he could be a favorite there. Uh, but I could see why, uh, Brandon Hyde might get some votes as well. Yeah. I think Hyde gets it, Joe. What he finished, did he finish second last year in, in 2022 to Tito, right? I think mm-hmm. yeah. so. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, he pro- Hyde probably gets it this year. The Orioles, like we were saying, just had a great year. Kind of, you know, they've got a ton of young players. Uh, just, uh, you know, really exceeded expectations. I mean, everyone knew they were on the rise, but they, no one thought they'd run away with the AL, the AL East, what, what one of the toughest divisions in baseball. So, you know, they did a great job, and I think, you know, he's 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 more than deserving. And the American League Cy Young Award race, uh, Garrett Cole, the Yankees, Kevin Gossman of the Blue Jays, and uh, Sonny Gray of the Twins. 
Uh, I think, uh, you know, you might actually have a chance at at seeing Garrett Colby, a unanimous winner there uh, for the Cy Young in the American League. Yeah, if, if uh, the the Guardians are voting in that, they, they would vote for Cole. <laughs> when was the last time they beat this guy? Every time he he takes them out against them, it's it's like a shutout. He, I mean, he was dominant this year, dominant on a on a not a great Yankee team either, and that's hard to do. Yeah, he led the uh, American League with a two point six three ERA and hit and opponents batted only two oh six against him. Uh, and nobody had a better whip, uh, 0.98, uh, which is pretty outstanding uh, for the entire season for Cole. So uh, Cy Young is there. Uh, those are the finalists. Uh, as far as the American League MVP, the three finalists are Shohei Otani, Corey Seager, and Marcus Simeon. Uh, not often you see two teammates in the uh, as finalists for the uh, the MVP award. Uh, but uh, two of the three are Texas Rangers. Uh, where do you think the uh, the award goes uh, in um, in the American League MVP race? Yeah, I think Otani wins it, uh, Joe. I think um, you know I, Judge won it last year, kind of beat out Otani. But I think Otani, even though he got hurt, you know, toward the end of the year and and couldn't pitch anymore and really couldn't play anymore, right? I mean, he couldn't swing right. the bat. Anymore. He shut he shut it down after a while. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I think he, you know, just, you know, you look at his resume when he did pitch, when he did, what he did, when he was pitching, when he, when he was hitting, I mean, there's nobody like the guy. So, you know, I think if he stays healthy, he's not going to be, he won't be able to pitch next year because of Tommy John, but, uh, you know, what he did it this year in the last two seasons, I mean, we might never see that again, Joe. All right. And last year we had, uh, you know, the, the American league MVP and judge, uh, as a free agent that year. And, uh, you know, it was a the decision whether he was going to leave the Yankees or not, or come back. And, uh, this year we could have the American, the American league, uh, MVP again, he's a free agent and, uh, he probably won't be back with the angels. We'll, we'll see where he ends up, uh, uh, at the, the end of the year, but, uh, or at the end of free agency, but, uh, interesting, uh, to, to sort of break all that down and, and watch where, where all the chips fall. Uh, wanted to uh, uh, mention here the um, uh, you posted a story over the weekend on uh, the Bally Sports uh, contract, the Diamond Sports uh, uh, issue with the bankruptcy court and what its uh, effect could be on uh, the Guardians and other uh, markets that are uh, under that uh, that deal there. Uh, what's the latest on the the Bally Sports TV and uh, you know the Guardians and, and what the uh, and its effect on uh, potentially on the payroll for for next season for Cleveland. Yeah, Joe, uh, we asked uh, you know uh, uh, Chris Antonetti about that Friday, and he said you know not only is it affecting us, it's affecting you know the whole industry. You know, uh, Bally or uh, Diamond Sports Group uh, at one time held the uh, 14 contracts. You know, 14. Uh, contracts with uh, 14 of uh, MLB's teams. I think it's down to, uh, you know, they cut loose the uh, the Padres and the Diamondbacks, so it's down to uh, 12 now, and it could be 11 since uh, the Twins contract ran out uh, at the end of this past season with uh, with uh, Diamond Sports Group. So, yeah, I think teams are worried, Joey. Uh, the Guardians, uh, you know, had a long-term deal with them. It runs through 2027. They get $55 million a year. 
uh, from them. And, uh, you know, now if, you know, they are in a bankruptcy court, MLB is trying to get, uh, you know, a definitive answer from Diamond Sports Group and Bally Sports about whether they're going to pay the Guardians and the four other teams, uh, you know, their full contract. What, what, are they going to honor the full contract? You know, MLB, you know, and they, they still haven't got an answer. Now, MLB has said they are prepared to uh, handle as many as 16, the TV contracts of six, 16 teams, Joe, 16 wow. of the 30 MLB teams. They were, they're ready to produce their, their, uh, you know their t- their uh, you know their games on TV. The question is how much revenue does that team get? Like when they when uh, Bally Sports or I mean I should say Diamond Sports, uh, you know cut loose uh, the Diamondbacks and Padres last year. They picked up 80 percent of the contract. Now will they do that? Will MLB do that again, or will they pre- be prepared to uh, pay 80 uh, percent of? Uh, of the Guardians TV old TV contract with uh, Diamond Sports Group, I, I don't know. That's uh, that's a, that's the big question. Yeah, and and that has a direct impact on on sort of how much or how little the uh, the payroll can can increase. I mean, uh, we we talked to to Antonini Chernoff at the end of the season, and you know we didn't really get a clear picture on whether or not they expected the the, the payroll to go up for next year. Uh, but that, uh, I guess, part of that is because they, there's uncertainty with the the Bally Sports contract. Uh, that's one of the revenue streams that that sort of helps them, you know, figure out that that budget in terms of what they're what they're able to spend. But you also have to look at, you know, they they do have what ten guys eligible for for arbitration. All those guys are going to get raises, so all of that money is 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 going to, you know, be increased in, in that way. One of those, uh, you know, guys is is Shane Bieber. Uh, who will probably make the most out of that group. Uh, you know, so you've got to start talking about maybe the possibility of, of, of having to make trades in order to just uh, stay on budget and hit your numbers for, for what you were originally going to uh, spend on this club and not, not, you know, before or after you know whether or not you're going to get that money from Bally's. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, even the Twins that set a record with a $156 million payroll last year, you know, uh, Derek Falvey, their their top guy, their top baseball guy said, we might have to cut back. You know, it's not going to be, it, you know, we may have to reduce payroll. And uh, the Guardians were right at 90, about $90 million this past season. Uh, you know, and you would think uh, if you're going to add a hitter like they should, you know, or hitter or two hitters like they should, and plus the ten guys, you know, that are eligible for arbitration. You know, the, the contract, sh- the, the uh, you know, the the payroll should increase. But you know, uh, with Bally's, this question with Bally Sports, that that puts that in, uh, you know, kind of a gray area. Yeah, the record that uh, Minnesota set was a you know a, a franchise record for payroll. That was the most that, that Minnesota had ever spent on their yeah. their payroll because you know other other teams have certainly gone over 150 million. Uh, well over 150 million uh, the last couple of years. Uh, all right, so not a lot of certainty there with the the Bally's uh, contract, but we'll uh, we'll keep track of that moving forward. Uh, also keeping track of the coaching carousel and vacancies uh, for managers that are that are remaining. Uh, as of this morning, uh, the uh, Astros were expected to announce Joe Espada as the replacement for Dusty Baker. Uh, Espada, a long time. Uh, in fact, there's uh, as I'm watching the press conference about to uh, get underway in Houston, uh, where they would name uh, Joe Espada their their new manager. 
Um, he was the longtime bench coach uh, there uh, and, uh, you know, is going to take over for Dusty Baker. Uh, we saw Ron Washington, uh, the one of the coaches in uh, in uh, you know manager in Texas for a long time. He had been a coach uh, with Atlanta the last several seasons. Uh, he will take over, get another shot to to manage uh, in uh, Los Angeles, where he'll he will manage the the Angels next year. Uh, that leaves the Padres and the Brewers as the only uh, re- remaining managerial vacancies. Uh, and, you know, we, we've seen a bunch of different names bounced around. Uh, could David Ross uh, be a candidate in in, uh, in Milwaukee to, to replace the man who, who took his job uh, in Chicago? Uh, and, and then uh, the Padres uh, have, uh, you know, I haven't really heard any any favorites or anything like that. Have you heard anybody who's a, a favorite to, to be the manager in uh, in San Diego? Yeah, uh, Flaherty. Uh, who was mm-hmm. uh, their bench coach and who played uh, a year here in Cleveland at most at AAA uh, could be is a candidate uh, and and uh, the uh, the the former St. Louis manager um, uh, Mike uh, Schilt. Yeah, yeah, he is a he's he works for uh, the Padres now. He's a candidate as well. Yeah, so uh, you know names are still out there. Things haven't been. Uh, hammered down yet, but uh, you know a lot of a lot of teams are getting closer as we get closer to uh, the winter meetings in uh, in December. That's when uh, we should see all this uh, squared away and and certainly taken care of. Uh, yeah, I would I would assume a lot of them uh, you know want to get taken care of before uh, the holidays here. Um, you know, get underway with Thanksgiving. Uh, before we go, uh, you and I were talking before we started recording today. Uh, just about, uh, you know, uh, potential trades out there and, and the news that broke uh, uh, Buster only uh, over the weekend reporting that uh, the Padres uh, will 100 uh, percent trade Juan Soto before the end of the offseason. So Juan Soto will not be in San Diego. And, and that sort of begs the question, uh, why not a Shane Bieber for Juan Soto trade? Uh, both of them are, I think Soto's in the final year of whatever contract he's on. Uh, Shane Bieber has this final year of arbitration control by, uh, you know, for whatever team he would be able to go to, uh, a, a trade like that would send Bieber back to Southern California where he obviously wants to be. Uh, it would give the guardians exactly what they need, even if it's only for a year, uh, you know, the the shot in the arm offensively that they would need and, you know, a, a, a superstar in right field uh, in Juan Soto. Uh, Shane Bieber for Juan Soto straight up. Why wouldn't you make that trade? Convince me otherwise, Wainsey. Yeah, I, I really can't, Joe. I mean, uh, unless, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I think it's it's it makes sense. Uh you know, the only question to me is, you know, the last time, uh, what, uh, A.J. Preller, you know, <laughs> took a took a, a, a prominent Cleveland pitcher uh, was Clevenger, right? And Clevenger, right. like, threw, made two starts and blew out his elbow. So he might be a little leery about that. But, uh, you know, I, it, it does make sense. You know, Juan Soto, you know, they did talk about when uh, Washington uh, traded uh, Soto uh, a couple years ago to uh, to the Padres, uh, you know they they did talk to Cleveland about Soto for uh, Daniel Espino, Espino, and that was Espino was injured then, and he's still injured. But you know that kind of killed that deal. But you know there is some interest there. Yeah, I, I'm sure that they've they've done their scouting, they've done their homework on Soto if they're still interested in him. 
uh, boy, just the, the way he walks and, and gets on base, uh, uh, combined with his ability to hit and, and the power, uh, the added power that he could give you, uh, he would look really good right between uh, Stephen Kwan and Jose Ramirez at the top of that Cleveland uh, batting order. Uh, for Stephen Vote, you give Vote, you know, some some tools to to be successful in his first year. Uh, if you if you give him a you know a, a hitter like Juan Soto, um, plus uh, you know he's again I, I keep bringing this up, but he, but he's Dominican uh, and, and you know Jose's Dominican, and there's just a good culture and a good environment for Dominican players there in that clubhouse. Uh, I think Juan Soto could fit in beautifully, and and. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see if, if they make a run at him, if he's available and he's out there. The only, uh, you know, the, the only thing that could, you know, maybe jump in front of that would be uh, uh, the Yankees needing uh, a marquee player, needing to make a, a big splash in the offseason, I think, after a, a disappointing year uh, on, by, by their account. Uh, you know, maybe they get involved and somehow, uh, you know, throw a monkey wrench in the whole situation. But, but on its surface, I think uh, Juan Soto uh, for Shane Bieber would be, uh, a, a trade that I would have done yesterday. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's something to keep an eye on. Now, who knows what will happen? And, you know, I, there is some questions about the health of uh, Cleveland's rotation. But still, if, uh, you know, in Soto, you, you one, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe that maybe that comes out, you know, that comes to fruition or yeah. at least they kick the tires on it. Yeah, and if you're if you're you take Soto uh, in a trade, and if you're not uh, in a position to to make the playoffs, or you know having this the success that you want to have come uh, you know mid July, maybe you flip him for some prospects and and, and restock uh, from a contender uh, you know during the season next year, and you know and that's what that's where you get your return for Shane Bieber that that you know that way. By, by flipping Juan Soto uh, for a, to a contender for a stretch run. Yeah, that, that's always a possibility. Uh, you know, I, I, the only problem is, like you, you were saying earlier, Joe, if you get it, if they have to get into a bidding war with a big market club, I, you know, that when the trade chips, you know, start piling up, you know, they, they might lose out on that. I don't know how far they'd be willing to uh, go in, you know, how, how many chips they'd push into the middle of the table. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's a good point. And, you know, what what would a place like uh, New York be willing to give up uh, in order to get Soto and pinstripes? All right, Hoinsie, that's going to wrap up today's uh, show. We'll uh, we'll get back with you uh, later on this week uh, to check in on uh, the award season and how that's going. And we'll uh, we'll also update on some uh, some players here. Uh, we'll continue our series of taking a look at uh, different position players and pitchers and what to expect from them uh, from the Guardians 40-man roster moving forward this season here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll, uh, we'll join you then. All right, Joe.